This is the Truth Network. Bible Wonders of Habakkuk. What a treasure the letter Mem is, as it's the middle of the Hebrew alphabet, and very much is the beginning of the word Messiah and the beginning of the word Moses, and has to do with water and the word, but most of all, it has to do with Jesus. And so, (laughs) this being the Mem verse that we're on today in the third chapter of Habakkuk, it is beyond my understanding and no doubt in so many different ways, but... In order to get understanding, it's very cool that the idea of Bina, which starts with a bet, is to break up things into bite-sized pieces. In other words, in order to get understanding, it helps to break things up by the letters like I often do or concepts or or groups of letters. And and as we rightly divide the Word of God here, uh, again, the challenge is to make sure we're doing it rightly. And so I spent a couple extra uh, days on this passage. to try to discern as much as I could out of it, because honestly, I was fairly disappointed <laughs> in what Rashi had to say about it and what Matthew Henry had to say about it, because it's so clearly um, a gigantic verse. And uh, I felt like there was so much here that I did not understand, and I wanted to dig in as much as I could. And I still feel like there's much to learn. And so actually, I put my whole band of brothers on the task so that we can do an episode just on this verse. I'm very excited about next Monday, them all having a chance to chew on this verse for a while. But again, we knew that it would have to do with a mem and oh, does this verse have to do with a mem? And I will read it in English. It is the 13th verse of the third chapter. It says, thou went forth for the salvation of thy people, even for salvation with thine anointed. Thou woundedst the head out of the house of the wicked by discovering the foundation unto the neck. And so, oh my goodness, there are so many mems in this verse, but let me also say there are so many ions in this verse as the word Jesus (laughs) has an ion in it, as um, that yoke of, you know, that Jesus is bringing us together in unity. And this is so much to do really as, as I put this passage together with here we have the, the, the good and the evil war right here in this 13th verse, and here it, it talks about salvation, which is Yeshua, which is Jesus. <laughs> and so it says, Thou wentest forth for the salvation of thy people, even the salvation. So we have salvation repeated twice, and so you can see that idea of uh, Jesus in, in both those passages, but then he adds a third one, which is pretty cool, the anointed, right? And this is one of the places that we get to see actually a discussion of the Messiah as being regarded to as the Messiah, um, and it is the anointed, right? And and that whole idea of Jesus' you know, last name, I say jokingly, is Christ, or the anointed one. And, and of course, we know that that word begins with the letter Mem, as we've talked about, but it's Mashiach with that idea of a shin, which is also the second letter in Jesus's um, other, you know, the Yeshua name is, is has that shin in it as well because he's going to oxidize something. And this idea of the anointed is he's oxidizing as a Mashiach. He's oxidizing this, the idea of light of union. 
And again, this union being the idea of that ion that's in the letter Jesus, and you'll see why I think that's so important, this idea of being united with Christ and, and the way he brought that about by essentially when it goes to the second part of the verse, of course, you got the three examples of salvation and Mashiach there. And then it starts talking about he wounded the head of the house of the wicked by discovering the foundation unto the neck. And, and so you know, that seems like, wow, there's so much wisdom in trying to discern what all that might be. Um, is here we have the foundation that was discovered and, and right up into the neck and the head that has been wounded. Of course, we, we saw that back in Revelation, right? There's a prophecy that, you know, he would bite your hail and he would crush your head. And so, you know, you can see here's the fulfillment of uh, Genesis chapter 3, you know, where, where he talked about, the, the, you know, what would happen when he crushed the head of the evil one, right? And, and so, you know, I, I love this idea of discovering the foundation. And so when you look at the foundation, the word foundation, again, to break it up in small pieces so hopefully I can begin to understand it, it is a yud, which is like bringing light, right? It's the light of God, and then a samic. So that idea of the light um, being with this, you know, God's unbelievable force of gravity and union and the way he upholds us. And so just this idea of a yud and then a samic is a tremendous amount of force when, when you think about what that's going to bring as far as a foundation, especially when it's a good foundation, right? <laughs> when it is a foundation that God brings. And, and Lord Jesus talked about building your house on the right foundation. And it has then a vav and then a dalit. And so here we see that, that you, you see the light of God that's, that's, that's being brought about by this unbelievable force, you know, that is, is somewhat a circular, you know, this idea of, of, of the wedding ring and gravity, how the earth, you know, revolves around the sun, et cetera, et cetera how the moon revolves around the earth, all those things are this unbelievable force that, that is a picture of what God really does with this letter psalmic. And so here you have the light that's being brought that way and a continual, right? The vav being a continual and then dalit, which is humility and love, right? And, and, that, and all that we have talked about in the dalit many, many, many times. And so when you break that all down to what the foundation is, it's, it's, if, of God's foundation, it's certainly this unbelievable acts of love and service. I mean, it just, and, and of course it is love because that's what God is in so many different ways. But then when you look at the word neck, you know, here again, we have something that's absolutely beautiful in what God intended for the neck to be, which is, starts with a zaddy, which is righteous, right? That, 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 you know, the neck is going to be upright and it's going to be straight, and, and it's going to be this concept of, of making things right. And then it's a vav, again, for a continual rightness. And then an aleph, which is the father, right, our father. And, and a resh, which is the head of, 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 of the house, so to speak, okay? <laughs> and, and, and light in its own way, right? And so, you know, this idea of the neck was what it was supposed to be. But here we see that unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it, you know, that evil has the same idea of a foundation and it also has a neck. 
And, and here we see that Jesus was going to lay bare, was going to uncover what it is that, that is this foundation clear up to the neck. So I, I processed and processed and started to think about what that looked like. And of course, you couldn't help but think about the idea of stiff-necked and, and to think about, you know, okay, what is the foundation? What is the exact opposite of all these different ideas? The exact opposite of light is darkness, <laughs> right? So if we talk about the evil foundation, the evil foundation is going to be darkness and deception. In other words, lies and, and the unbelievable division that lies bring about and the idea of fear, which is the erosion of faith and, and that idea that we, we're not, you can't count on anything. And so when you think about the foundation of evil, it is very much built on lies and very much built on darkness and deception. And then there's this continual, you know, and where here we have a dollar. Well, what's the foundation of evil is the opposite of love and, and service is self-love and self-service and, and everything has to do with me. It's all about me. And so when we look at the foundation of evil, it has to do with seeking life on our own to some extent, which is what, what certainly Satan had in mind. And when I look at the word neck, when you think about what that would be in, you know, in exactly the opposite of what the right neck would be, it's self-righteousness, right? Since it starts with a Zadok, rather than God's righteousness, I'm going to do everything in self-righteousness. And then I am just like Jesus explained to us so beautifully in John 8, right, chapter 44, he talked about you are doing what your father, the devil, wants. And, and so, you know, rather than being under the headship of our father, you know, in heaven, we're going to be under the headship of the devil. And so what Jesus did was to show us to beat this yoke that we've been attached to. We need salvation. Well, the only way to do that is to die to ourselves so that we can be born again under Jesus's yoke, to take his yoke, to die to ourselves, and die, you know, every day to ourselves in so many different ways and so many different things that we can do to take his yoke of love and unity and righteousness and his word and all those things that, that come up against lie and where you replace fear with faith. And, and so when you see that what Jesus did by uncovering this unbelievable darkness and, and uncovering, you know, the, the whole self-righteousness. And you think about the idea of the Pharisees, to some extent, were almost like the Pharaoh, right? They were the neck, the stiff-necked, um, and, and the word Pharaoh, you may know, is connected to the idea of neck. They're the stiff-necked, prideful people that think they know what's right. And, and how many times has that been me? <laughs> Maybe even this morning. So it's it's a fascinating thing if I could just hear from God, right? And, and, and come to the end of myself, whatever that may look like, and die to myself, take up the cross, and there is the foundation of real life. There is the foundation of real light. And, and there is love and service and, and others above myself all those things fit into what Jesus uncovered and what Jesus taught. And so what does that look like, you know, in your life and in so many different ways? What, what, I, what I had, uh, interestingly, as an example in this was sometimes you have to come to the end of yourself before you can 
grab hold of what God has for you. And so uh, after boot camp last week, or week before last, I guess, um, my friend Andy and I went sailing in a little sailboat that I have, which is a real tippy thing if it wind just comes up. And uh, it's a 16-foot Capri sailboat, which is just beautiful. It's got, a, I think, a 24-foot mast on it. So it's, it's sort of a racing boat. And if the wind comes up too quickly, it will tip over very quickly. And so I was kind of teaching my friend how to sail to an extent, and I had him a whole – he was holding on – to what we call the jib sheet or the, the front sail. And the issue is that the wind comes up quickly. If, if, the begin, if the boat begins to tip over, you need to let go of the, the sail or you can let go of the rudder, either one. But if you let go of the sail, you can, you know, kind of not lose your momentum and, and have to go into the wind. So as the boat began to tip and, and Andy had a hold of that sail, you see, I said, let it go. Let, let the sheet go. Let go of the rope that you're holding on to. And had he let it go, the, the boat would have just, you know, come back upright. But as it was, he didn't want to completely let go. He thought, I, he thought he misunderstood me. He thought, you mean just let it go a little bit. So he just let it go a little bit. And the boat almost flipped over. At what point in time, I had to let go of the rudder because sailboats automatically turn into the wind if you let go of the rudder. And because I knew that that was the answer to our problem, you know, once you let go, interestingly, the boat knows how to ride itself. It, it's, to me, very similar to the movie Alice in Wonderland, where it says the varpal sword knows what it wants. In other words, we've got to let go of what we think is right. We've got to die to ourselves and take hold of God's truth. Because, again, we are, we are living in this world of deception and lies and darkness. And so where do we, where do we place our faith? Where do we place our hope? is in the light of God's word, in the light of God's voice, and, and being able to hear from him in any given situation, given situation and to wait on him. However that looks in your life, uh, I think it's a spectacular verse to really put a lot of thought into, you know, what, what it all is being told to us here by Habakkuk is not only an example of something that happened with King David, it happened with Saul, it's happened throughout history, um, but also Jesus is teaching it even up until the end, which is where all this is headed in Habakkuk. And I know this was a long episode, but uh, it's a lot to digest as you try to break these things down into bite-sized pieces so we can be, you know, we can understand and rightly divide the Word of God. Thanks for listening.